chosen and precious. What comes to mind when you hear these words? Chosen and precious. For me, I think of adoption. As I've shared before, I was adopted within the family shortly after I was born, chosen and seen as precious. I think about what it means to be a child of God and and how adoption offers a powerful illustration of our faith. I think about the millions of precious young boys and girls who face adoption for a multitude of reasons. I think about the countless number of children in this world who are orphans, who find themselves in the foster care system, who are homeless. And I wonder why. Why are these children not seen as precious enough because they are for their biological mothers or fathers to choose them? Why are they not precious enough to have a loving and a safe home? Which I realize these can be loaded questions and and that they don't necessarily apply to all cases. But, But then I think about how when a child is adopted, someone is deeming that child or that young person as precious enough to be chosen as a son or a daughter. They are chosen. They are precious. My dad chose to adopt me because I was seen as precious and I was considered worthy of a better opportunity for having a love-filled life. Chosen and precious. Similarly, in our Christian faith, to be chosen and precious has significant meaning. Jesus was deemed unworthy by the world. The Pharisees, the Roman government officials, people all over, they couldn't come to accept that maybe, just maybe, this son of a carpenter from Nazareth could be chosen by God to be the Messiah, to be the Savior of the world. The world rejected Jesus, but he was chosen and precious in God's sight, all so that you and I could be chosen and precious, claimed in Christ. Despite being filled with sin, and and friends, we are far from worthy of it, we are precious, and we are loved by God. We are chosen to be redeemed by grace. Jesus is chosen and precious so that we are chosen and precious, which is our new sermon series for this latter part of the Easter season. And I again want to welcome you all to worship as we celebrate together the gift of resurrection and the new life that it brings to us and to the world. 
by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are called now to live as a new kind of people. We are to be resurrection people, shaped and made into a new identity, living as God's chosen people. And this is encouraged in our scripture reading for today, so I would invite you now to grab your Bible, uh, maybe pull the text up from a Bible app on your smartphone or your tablet device, and today, our scripture reading, uh, it comes from, as, as we have been in the past few weeks, it comes from the New Testament epistle, or epistle is another word for letter. Uh, the New Testament letter of uh, 1 Peter will be in 1 Peter, the second chapter, uh, verses 2 through 10. 1 Peter 2, verses 2 through 10. And I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. It should be close to what you have to be able to follow along. But hear now these words, beginning with 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Instead, instead like a newborn baby, desire the pure milk of the word. Nourished by it, you will grow into salvation, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now you are coming to him as to a living stone. Jesus is the living stone here. Even though this stone, Jesus, was rejected by humans, from God's perspective, it is chosen. It is valuable. You yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual practices and sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus it is written in the scripture, Look, look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen and valuable. The person who believes in him will never be shamed. So God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe, though the stone the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and, and a rock that makes them fall. Because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble. Indeed, this is the end to which they were appointed. But you... You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing love and his amazing light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As believers in Jesus Christ, when you first claim your identity as a child of God, you require a certain kind of food for your soul. Uh, whether as a child or, or as a more mature adult, when you first experience salvation in your life, the writer of our text, uh, which many attribute to be the Apostle Peter, uh, the writer of our text says that we are to begin nourishing and we are to begin to sustain our souls with spiritual food. 
And by doing so, we're given a taste of what is good so that we can begin to start to learn how to sustain ourselves throughout our entire Christian journey by God's grace and salvation. Think of an infant child and and how you begin uh, to feed them with pure milk. Slowly, as time progresses and as the child begins to grow, you, you add mashed baby food, maybe from a jar to their diet, right? Eventually, you then offer solid food to sustain them. The life journey of a Christ follower, well, it's very similar. And so the writer then transitions from the illustration of milk and spiritual growth to that of a stone and spiritual building. At some point in your journey of Christian living, you move from being a new disciple of Jesus Christ, trying to figure everything out, to being a resurrection people, continually transformed and moving on towards perfection. We are to be living stones. Now the word stone used in our passage today originates from the word lithos, which is the common word for a worked stone, whether it's a stone used in building or maybe a precious stone. And as with any building, there must be a cornerstone, a pillar, a foundation for children of God, and for the church, our cornerstone, our precious stone, is the resurrected Jesus Christ. Jesus came to be a stone bridge that leads us from where we are to where we're called to go. Without Jesus, we couldn't be all that God intends for us to be. That is, a living stone a temple, a sanctuary, a place where worship takes place in us and where we allow worship to take place in the sanctuary. We are now both the structure and the activity that takes place inside that structure. But friends, understand that we are not the architects. We are not the builders. We are the building material. God. God wants to build us, the material, into living stones, into something greater than ourselves, something that you may not even even see right now or, or think possible for your life. God wants to transform you into a new creature, into a new being, into a new temple, and he does this our entire lives, even though, even though we are unworthy, and unholy. But why does God do this? Because despite being stumbling blocks, which we are stumbling blocks, at least I am myself, I don't know about you, but despite that, Jesus chooses. Jesus chooses to let us be a part of the plan, a part of the structure to build a better kingdom. God desires for you to be built and made alive and to participate in something that's so much bigger than yourself. God wants you to grow into something more. And with Jesus as your cornerstone, God longs for you to go deeper than you presently are in your faith journey and perhaps even further than 
perhaps you're comfortable going. And so what I want you to consider today is this. How, how are you continuing to nurture your faith? How are you allowing the salvation and the grace of God to transform you into living stones? How are you being built into a holy temple for God? If you're relatively new to the Christian faith, it's natural and it's acceptable for you to be uh, still trying to develop and into your Christian life, for you to still be trying to figure it all out. Um, and that's not to say that we ever will figure it all out, uh, but if you've been a follower, friends, uh, of Jesus for 5, 10, 20, 30 plus years, and you're still not being transformed as a disciple, well, that's not normal. Nor is it what God desires for you. If you aren't practicing the various uh, means of grace, as John Wesley would call them. Uh, why is that? In our Wesleyan heritage, we believe God's grace uh, is undeserved, that it's unearned but available to all, and that we are not to idly sit by and wait to experience that grace, but instead we are to engage in means of grace. The means of grace are God's uh, way of working invisibly in us, building, strengthening, and confirming faith so that God's grace pervades in us and through our lives. The means of grace can be defined uh, into two uh, categories, works of piety and works of mercy. Uh, works of piety include things like reading, meditating and studying your Bible, being in prayer, both privately as a family and corporately, practicing fasting, regularly attending worship, healthy living, sharing our faith with others, witnessing to the world, sharing in holy communion frequently, holding one another accountable, and edifying ourselves, studying to become more more fruitful Christians. Works of mercy are things like doing good works, uh, visiting the sick, feeding the hungry, going on mission trips, giving generously for the needs of others, seeking justice, speaking out against oppression and discrimination, advocating for those who are less fortunate for the poor. All of these practices, all of these works of personal piety uh, and, and works of mercy, they are essential in your life to be living stones, which results in building up the church, which then leads to transforming the world. These means of grace are the Holy Spirit at work in us making us into a new creation and a part of something much larger than ourselves. It is us putting our words to actions, those words that we pray often, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I want to invite you to consider what means of grace, 
What works of personal piety or, or works of mercy have you neglected to nurture in your journey as a disciple of Jesus Christ? Friends, do you neglect to pray often and throughout your day? When's the last time you picked up your Bible and, and read it and meditated on that? Are you taking care of your body? How are you sharing and witnessing about your faith to others? In what way can you do good works uh, for the sick, for the hurting, for the poor, the hungry? Is giving generously to the church or to those in need a practice that you struggle with in your life? Any of these things is essential, and I would invite you to choose one to commit to better practicing in your life over the next few weeks. Pick one, uh, really hone in on that, practice it, make it a part of your everyday Christian living. And then once you have that one down and a part of your faith journey, move on to another and begin to focus on nurturing that one. Christian living. And discipleship, it isn't a sprint, but it takes intentional practice. And it's a process of becoming more active and complete in our new identity as chosen and precious children of God. Do this because it's who Christ is calling you to be. It's who Christ is calling all of us to be. It is who Christ was. Christ hasn't merely given us advice to follow as a stonemason. Instead, he is building up the church through and in us, through and in you. Christ calls for you to put your faith into action. God doesn't want dead weight holding down the pews on Sunday mornings. He doesn't want you to just show up when it's most convenient in your life or when you need something but rather God wants living stones who will live, who will move, and who will grow in faith. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So live like it. As a royal priesthood, Christians, we are chosen, and we are precious enough to access God, and we are now responsible for bringing others to God. Because we are chosen and precious, we are to live differently so that the whole world can see, offer words of praise, show works of love, let your life be consumed with worship to the Lord. Make it evident that your life is being transformed into something that's beyond comprehension or what the world alone cannot offer you. Be living stones. Think about that for a moment, and then we'll pray.
Let us pray. O gracious and merciful God, we thank you for Jesus Christ, who is the living stone. We thank you for our cornerstone in our lives and, and as the church, who is the resurrected Jesus. God, we thank you that through Jesus we are being made into a new creation. That by your Holy Spirit, you are transforming us to be the disciples that you you imagine us being. And that you are building us up individually so that the church might be built up and so that the world might be transformed because of it. Gracious God, forgive us. God, forgive me. For when we've neglected those means of grace in our life, where we have neglected to nourish our souls, where we've neglected to allow you to continue to transform our lives. Help us to be more aware of your presence, God. And we commit to you right here and right now to do better, to live as more fruitful and faithful disciples of your kingdom. And gracious God, there, there perhaps is someone who is hearing this message, who is watching, God, who, have, who has never experienced your love in their lives, who, who have never accepted your grace and mercy. God, for that person today, I pray for them. I pray that you would surround them with your grace and with your love that you would call them home, that you would call them to you, and that they might be open to receiving your love and accept Jesus Christ as their cornerstone, as their personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for how you are leading us and transforming us by your perfecting grace. And we pray and offer these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.